0: what's going on good people rich here
1: it's your girl Ray p on the mic what's going on y'all
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey I was what, what she's what, what did camille saying this <laughs> harlem skills <laughs> <laughs> hey man we back at it again with another episode of we got y'all covering episodes three and four of season two of harlem on amazon prime uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in with us we got y'all is the television feed for the culture garden podcast. Um, Where we talk about movies and films of the culture. Um, Right now, like I said, we're covering Harlem. We're also covering Your Honor, so we have those two going on at the same time. It is Romance Month at the Culture Garden Podcast. Hey, you know what I mean. So we just finished our second movie of the month. Week one was Brown Sugar. Week two was Malcolm and Marie, which is a really fun conversation Rachel and myself had. Just you know, just real introspective. Makes you look at yourself. would you say Ray?
1: relationships are hard man
0: facts facts and i know a lot of people like were triggered by that film and said they didn't really watch it or haven't watched it in a while i do um i'm sure me and rachel actually do implore that you go back and check it out because it is worth an interesting conversation
1: absolutely
0: without question so um please remember to subscribe comment listen follow us on instagram we have our link tree on there we have our personal um, Instagram page on there. We Got Y'all isn't on YouTube. We pretty much just do this on audio only, but the Culture Garden yeah. is. So like I said, that link tree will send you everywhere. So just check us out. Um, as always, there will be spoilers. Like I said, we're covering episodes three and four of Harlem. So if you haven't watched the episodes, please go back and listen and then jump back with us. Um, episode three um, is called An Assist from the Sidelines, directed by Stacy Muhammad. It was written by Aaron Michelle Williams. Jessica Watson was the executive story editor, and Tracy Oliver was also a writer. Episode four we're called "Baby in the Bathwater," directed by Linda Mendoza. It was written by Nicole Dressbull. Excuse me, Nicole Dressbull was the executive story editor. Um, written by Morgan Collins and Tracy Oliver. Um, Mention both of these episodes because they drop at the same time. So we'll just have this conversation all together. We don't separate them like episode three, episode four. Yeah, we're gonna have one big conversation, and we are unfortunately Rachel halfway through the season already.
1: Crazy, um, I'm pissed.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really got me thinking about where we're gonna take things with these characters. But we got four main characters. Um, I, I don't know. Let's not start with the character. Let's just get your overall thoughts. What did you think about these these last? Yo, few
1: I came on here to eat crow. Hmm. Dare I say that Angie is endearing (laughs) and I owe my girl an apology. I hated Angie in season one. I love Angie in season two. I just, I like the direction that we're going with her. I like seeing, hey, she up off that couch. She's out trying to be a go-getter, you know, I mean, she's still on there, but, mm-hmm. you know, she got some scenes outside. Yeah, <laughs> outside so awesome. We yeah. see her doing things, trying to her best to be a mover and shaker. Um, Yeah. Edgy so, came from behind, boy, I tell you.
0: Yeah, it kind of makes me walk back some of the things I said last week when I mentioned, like, you know. Why isn't it your first thought to be out here, you know, grinding, like figuring mm-hmm. out what your next move is? And we see her doing that, and I agree wholeheartedly. Like episode three, particularly, yeah, was an incredible Angie performance. Yeah, like as far as that character really turned it around for me. Um, I think I did figure out what really bothers me the most about Angie,
1: and what's the fact that she
0: carries her words like this? Okay. That shit pisses me off. That
1: thing, Sonky. Oh, I tend to get a little sing-songy.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's it's noticeable. Like everybody, I think, gets that way sometimes. Yeah. It's noticeable with Angie. Like, it
1: it, is, it right? is. theater.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it <laughs> absolutely, without question. And maybe that's what they're going for. Like I said, I don't know if that's really uh, how much of the actress that is or actor that is. Should I say versus mm-hmm. the character? Um, so that's always interesting for me to 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 figure out. But. I really did like Angie. And let me just say something. That, um...
1: Auntie Motherfucker?
0: Nah, that dip <laughs> the musical? Yeah, I think that was the funniest scene in Harlem. Yo. I think that was the funniest Yo. scene in Harlem. That <laughs> shit was so... <laughs> a song that defines a generation of our time. She's auditioning for Freak Nasty's The Dip, the musical.
1: When it's I so tell you that it's relatable content, though because when i put my hand up on my hip <laughs> i dips okay <laughs> and god damn it you better be dipping with me
0: <laughs> Yo, listen man the the dude the dude there the casting director whatever you want to call him, just the way he was looking at her with a straight face like i don't believe in the dip yet
1: i don't, believe, it. I don't believe, right.
0: <laughs> believe in the dip the dance he was doing while she was doing it man that shit was comedy it was hilarious and Angie Angie was getting it too like
1: she was fucking thing. it up and she was throwing that thing
0: You feel me she she definitely was and also I was like yo I I see why Angie be running around this town just <laughs> in it in. Like, sure. I'm <laughs> yeah I'm like all right then Angie but yeah it was awesome. very now I episode 4 I don't think it was, I enjoyed it as much but I really did, going back to what you said, enjoy what they did with her character, especially in episode three, the fact that she just built her, um, you know, we we get a look at her family life. That means a little bit more understanding of her, Mm. her upbringing, um, her mindset, just the love and affirmation as people like speaking to her, like it was real dope to see. I I really appreciated that.
1: Did you think that the whole dip audition was a lighthearted, way to discuss like Me Too and how these casting directors are ridiculous
0: hmm I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it I can definitely see it my Um, girl
1: was on that desk
0: yeah I can definitely see it I man (laughs) I would like to think that they would be a little bit more deliberate
1: Mm -hmm. if they
0: were to address something like that yeah Um, but at the same time you know how you can be a little bit subtle and just mention it because that's how it is. One person in the room and you doing some other you going all out trying to get this, get this exactly. job.
1: Exactly. The only thing that makes me say maybe a little me too-y um, mm-hmm. was the way that she, in the after effects, the after scene, the following scenes. Um, She's like, I just felt so humiliated. You know, I felt degraded. I didn't feel like that initially, but only that after effect, you know, because again, sometimes you're just giving something all you got and I couldn't or didn't really determine if feeling humiliated was because you was in there shaking that monkey and didn't get dipped the musical or just because it was like, what the fuck? I really was shaking my ass for this old white man for him to tell me that the dip ain't doing it.
0: Yeah, you know, I always took it as what you said, um, the former, as far as, okay. like, I'm at the point where I'm at the dip, the musical, and I can't even book that. Like, I'm just down. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's embarrassing I was in there doing that dumb shit and I didn't even get it. But I could also see it the way you just mentioned.
1: Crazy, You know what I mean? Because that plays
0: a part into it as well. Mm-hmm. I and mean, you think about all the auditions that she's been on. I mean, that's just uh, the, the dip, the musical. Come on, man. That's yes, just comedy. That's,
1: like, that's my shit. I played
0: <laughs> Man, you gotta turn it on as soon as that I happens.
1: Turn on and do a little something, something take you back. Um These knees ain't in but you know
0: <laughs> throw yeah, some W
1: forty on them tonight.
0: Hey, right, there you go, there you go. Make sure they ain't, they ain't they in good shape. I just you know Angie is she's been hearing a lot of no's lately. She mentioned it when she was talking to her brother, but that's a that's a rough spot to be in mentally.
1: Um, Absolutely. We
0: mentioned in last week's episode just how Angie's the one that she's on the couch. She's kind of doesn't have a plan, doesn't know what's next. And Uh while she's trying to figure that out, that can be scary, especially in your 30s, because it's assumed that you're supposed to have everything figured out and worked out.
1: And you're the only one, while, because we know everybody else's life is a mess, but on the surface, Everybody else is cool. And outsiders mm-hmm. who don't know that everybody else is equally as raggedy, looking at you like, why y'all kicking with her? I mean, we said right. that. Why, are, yeah, why exactly. are y'all a friend? What is, what's the benefit here? Um, That can be depressing. It's hard. You can love your friends, but it's also hard to watch them sort of shine in areas where you are
0: not. Yeah. <laughs> That is real.
1: So that was that was such a thing. I love to your point. I love seeing her in Staten Island. Uh Sherry Shepherd and her, they have dynamic chemistry. I hope that we see Sherry again. Um
0: I love that casting.
1: I love that. And I think that uh Little Real is they look, uh, they really do look alike. So I yeah. wonder if he was one of the four brothers or a half brother.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, I'm assuming he was a full brother. Obviously, it's a little real. So the yeah. other brothers, we don't know them as far as any of their acting chops or, you know, yeah. recognize them from anything else. Um, so it makes sense that he was the one that was, you know, delivering the lines to her and giving her the advice. But yeah. also, to your point, they do look alike. So I can see that as a real family. in the same, the way that Angie and Sherry Shepard, Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, well, Tanya I think is her mom's name yeah. Tanya Wilson Yeah, the way they interact you, it makes a whole lot of sense and they were just over the top they were ridiculous
1: that is, that is great casting but I energy, it. like I can't even they both rose to the occasion you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. there was no scene stiller in there they both were going for it I love that I love seeing Angie playing cards with the nieces and teaching them how to cuss because yep. you know, I'm probably going to teach your kids how to cuss. But <laughs> <laughs> so stupid.
0: You know. <laughs> off, you know what I mean? You can't cuss loud. Only I can do that. Right. But um, I really enjoy the whole... Right. I, I, you said what?
1: Grandmamas hear everything.
0: They do. They really do. <laughs> I enjoy the family as a whole. Like, well, honestly, honestly. I just love the Black family aspect, man. Because we yeah. all the same. Like it was, Like, it reminds me of a, a poetic justice, cousin. Like we, it doesn't matter where you grow up. Like I don't know how black families all have the same thing. We all had that yeah. same pot. We all had that one same comforter. We just all had the same stuff, man. And it doesn't matter. We just equally intertwined. So black families are just dope. And like I mentioned earlier, just the um, speaking life into. You know the people you love, they're into their yeah. dreams—not just them, but their dreams. You know, making sure that they're good, checking in on them, mm-hmm. noticing, or even have enough awareness to know that they're not necessarily in the best places. Right. Um, you know, little Ray, he told her, "You're a star." You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Her mom gave her kind of a similar speech, mm-hmm. let her know, like, "You're the bad." It's out here. Um, just those great words of affirmation, especially when you at your lowest—not your lowest yeah. necessarily—but you need that extra push to be like, "All right, what I'm doing isn't crazy." Like. It was so cool. beneficial,
1: yeah, yeah. She needed mm-hmm. that little extra push because your girls can tell you everything, okay, yeah. But it does hit a little harder the reassurance from your family,
0: mm-hmm. especially when you when you tell yourself over and over that you're not doing enough for you, like you're failing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you need somebody, especially a familiar face, someone you trust, someone you love to tell you, like, "Yo, nah, you're actually doing a great job." Um, and you don't see it. It's hard to see your progress sometimes, but other people can notice it and just all you can do is keep going. You eliminate yourself when you stop. Right. And, you know, everybody gets tired sometimes and it all becomes a drag. But those are the things that keep people on that day to day task. So that was just real dope to see. I'm glad we got that episode and they really decided to to highlight her. Yeah. Um, as far as, uh, there's a couple other things with Angie that we can just discuss later on in the episode. Okay. You want to talk about Camille and Ian?
1: Man, yeah. Um, Relatable content. I know I say that every week, but that's the beauty of, you know, these young, youngest shows. Um, when you get, when you double back and you have to show or you want your new Old partner to know that you ain't no slouch, like you've learned some things. It's like a <laughs> double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, I've picked up some things, but also mm, motherfucker done picked up some things.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. You feel me? Exactly. Who taught you that? Where you learned that?
1: Where you get that from? I liked it.
0: Um, um, listen, the weird sexual energy. Like when you fall back from someone and then you get back with them. Yeah. Um you realize that and obviously Camille and Ian had the conversation at the end of the episode three, but you realize that it's not gonna be what it was. And that's okay.
1: And that's okay. Like, so probably probably better that
0: it's not. Yeah, you're not gonna pick and I think the assumption is you can tell by how the episode opened, like at her answering the door, and it was kind of like that anticipation, like, I can't believe this mm-hmm. is happening. And yeah you know you expect it to just kind of pick up where it left off and i think her i think camille mentioned it like it's not like i remembered it and it's not supposed to be
1: yeah and i think that camille and many of us alike men and women you romanticize that love um you sometimes create just an alternate universe of what it was and yeah y'all could have had good sex but also think of how it's been five years the way that your body changes even the stuff that you may have liked back then and really eh, I mean, fuck with that shit now you know um right. body changes you know they still both look very good but you know just shit changes on the inside and outside you know um So I'm not mad at that but it was good to see that Ian was also equally as kind of insecure about it like
0: Mm
1: -hmm. mm, yeah where you get that shit from (laughs) James
0: (laughs) and it it was very it was was interesting how the assumption from Camille was you know Mira of course like that's who he was about to marry but didn't even cross her mind like there could have been multiple females which he did tell her Right. I picked up some of this from a little bit of everywhere. Like, so obviously that even hit home even uh, more for it. Like, this nigga really been out here living.
1: Pause. Yeah. Culture garden parallel universe. You see Mm -hmm. how bringing your old flexes up is different when you're not trying to hurt your partner's feelings? Mm hmm. I immediately thought of that. Like, I can say, yeah, this is from Sean and Jonathan versus, um, yeah, this is how this nigga used to do. Da 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 da. He used to blow my back like, mm, right? Don't need all of that. And it's just general conversation, and it's honest, and it's real, you know. And I don't want to hurt your feelings. I just want to present you with the truth. You know what we got to lie about it for? So, right. I really, really like that. And I just immediately thought about Malcolm and Marie because
0: Malcolm is mm-hmm. a <laughs> If you're listening right now, you haven't checked out the Malcolm and Marie episode, there are a lot of uh, similarities. Like Rachel just said, parallel universe.
1: Yeah.
0: And, yeah, you're absolutely right. I thought about the same thing when I watched it because I'm like, you know, it was more of a... I do love the fact how... I, excuse me, the point that Ian and Camille are still comfortable as far as mm-hmm. with each other. And in mm-hmm. that... And an emotional comfortability yeah and they can still have those conversations and be honest because you see it in yeah you might feel a way but that's just a natural human emotion like the person i love was just like yo know, i picturing that she was with somebody the same way when ian was mentioning about you know after he got served and mm-hmm. something i told her we should have had a small way and you know just her and her friends and camille she didn't trip but she was like yo i ain't trying to hear that shit like right yeah even though i got you I'm still not trying to hear that shit. And they have right. enough respect to be like, you know, and it's never ill intent. Like, it was just something he's exactly. just got hit with a $68,000 lawsuit. Like, I'm just thinking this out.
1: $68,000 for a wedding is crazy. And I know after all the episodes of Say Yes to the Dress and uh For a Wedding so that I've watched that that's a drop in the bucket to so many people. But $68,000 is crazy for a wedding.
0: Yeah, that's insane. That's Mm. insane, like -hmm. it's ridiculous, especially having to pick up the tab when you you ain't had no plans on it.
1: That part, that part. Um, also, go ahead.
0: No, mine really didn't have anything to do with with the point at hand. I was going to say something else, but go ahead.
1: I wonder because Camille made mention of Ian's parents paying for something, so I wonder if. What the fuck they paid for? If this alone was whatever Mira's family was covering was sixty eight thousand dollars,
0: right? Because I'm wondering what that was as well. Because remember
1: thousand dollar wedding? Are y'all fucking kidding me?
0: It could be because remember when she um when, she, when Camille went to the house, you know they were trying to figure out what to do with hundred pounds of shrimp and other stuff. So they definitely put some money into that wedding.
1: Good lord,
0: maybe maybe paid for a couple flights. Some family Definitely. members from down south to Definitely. come in. Like there was some stuff that was going on. So man, that's a that's a funny man, little
1: thing, a funny
0: man. a little thing, straight up. Um, and fun. also, real quick, what I was about to say was, and it really didn't have anything to do other than the beginning of episode three. Mm-hmm. I'm just a stickler. I didn't like the split screen. I didn't like the dual scenes between Ty and Ian and Camille. Like, I know they tried to merge them. But I think you have to do that very, very well or don't do it at all. And I didn't see the purpose of it.
1: I actually didn't mind it. I okay. felt like they were showing um, what the beginning of a relationship looks like uh, under reconciliation and what the end of a relationship looks like uh, with an unplanned reunification.
0: <laughs> mm, I do like that similarity. I do yeah. like it. I guess I didn't like the fact specifically when they try to merge words into the scenes. Okay. it just seemed a little yeah. bit like force. I I didn't mind the split screen of back and forth, like that mm-hmm. duality. Uh, yeah. it was just a couple of different things. Like I said, a very, very minor, like nerd, you know, Cinephile uh, shit that uh, you pick uh, up on, but um Still, way play well played, and as we just mentioned, between Camille and Ian, they're in this weird space where they're trying to get their groove back. And it was just mentioned to them that they should take some edibles and, and get it moving. And, um, as someone who just had you said, What
1: I said, I appreciate a good edible. And
0: listen, I was just gonna say that was triggering. This was a triggering episode as someone who just had a terrible edible experience a couple weeks ago in Detroit. I mean, a terrible like, like Ian said, man. That's why I don't do science (laughs) weed.
1: Because you, like Camille, tried to do too much.
0: (laughs) Listen, give me the old school. I had a thousand milligrams um, in a pizza in Detroit, and it was what made it worse. On top of that, is I'm already high. And then Mm -hmm. I'm hungry. And the only thing I got to eat is that pizza. So I keep eating more because I'm on some hungry shit. That shit didn't end up well, man. It was an awful decision.
1: Recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, recipe for disaster. And that's how it was. Now, on the flip side, on the flip side, um, they didn't really do a good job of acting high. No. It was still funny. Like I enjoyed it. It just wasn't overly realistic. Uh, Like, them acting like they was in a chinky video doing them little dances and just their overall like I said humorous but not realistic.
1: I think it just went on a little too long.
0: Yeah yeah they could
1: have cut some of that but I feel it I, I appreciate it and some good high time.
0: Yeah yeah I, <laughs> yeah I, yeah Man, I I'm, I'm say yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah yeah um I'm not mad at that. I really actually like Ian. I do still think that he and Camille probably not going to make it low-key. But um, I actually really like him what we see of him as a man. Um, I like the care he took with Angie. Even though I didn't Mm -hmm. understand why he let go. You know this bitch don't know how to ride no fucking bike. Uh, (laughs) That's
0: Some people say it's swim.
1: Yeah, but um, seeing him take care of her, and that was endearing, and it was endearing to Camille as well, which is how she ended up, you know, in this Sophie's Choice moment trying to decide if she was going to get a NuvaRing or an IUD, and also, you know, relatable content.
0: Um, That was a parallel between, you know, Angie was a child in that situation.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. She was looking at him as a father, role.
1: absolutely. I mean, they gave her a juice box. My god,
0: <laughs> Angie, ridiculous man, she's
1: so ridiculous. And you haven't been to New York, but her running to them trash cans, you about to be weak as hell once you get there and see all that damn trash.
0: <laughs> I know, the time. And that's my biggest thing. Like, I'm out for those who have been listening, like, I'm going to New York for the very first time at the end of the month. Um, actually Rachel's gonna be there She's probably leaving right when I'm coming in Around that timeline But mm-hmm. I'm not ready for these rats man
1: As many times as I've been To New York I've not seen one of those big rats I also don't do the subway But I know that they just be out everywhere Low key but I haven't seen them Knock on wood Cause I ain't got time
0: Hopefully I got your, uh, your luck um, I do have a question for you Yeah I don't know if this is like a um I don't know if this is a joke on itself, like a real life joke that they just brought into the show. Mm-hmm. The Ian Drake comparison. Is that like something that people have said?
1: Oh yeah, people really- always call uh Tyler Lepley uh, a low budget Drake okay, or man, evil.
0: See, mm-hmm. I don't see I'm only I've only seen a few episodes of P Valley. Oh yeah. It's okay. been on my list to do, but we've been so caught up with stuff that I haven't sat down and actually caught up like I wanted to. Um and obviously I know him from this. So I was reminded, it made me think of the Cousin Skeeter that they did in season one. Okay. Like, where you kind of just play a joke on yourself in real life, and I'm like, once he said it, I'm like, damn, he does kind of look like Drake. And I'm like, I wonder if people say this, and they just decided to write it in as a, you know, y'all saying it anyway, let's just make fun of it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. Okay,
0: got you. Mm -hmm. I can see it now. I can see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We already talked about him getting served for that wedding and the process of starting a family. Um, I like that he wants
1: kids I think people don't realize that men Have biological clocks too And I know that Camille was kind of all over the place But I was surprised at how sort of Apprehensive she was About the idea Considering that they had just gotten back together You spent five years with that man Yeah I know that y'all are 30 something It probably wouldn't be a question for me if we were like right on the reconciliation and reconnection, mm-hmm. I wasn't there.
0: I, I, I guess I can understand her with the her job situation in limbo and him just getting that lawsuit.
1: Yeah. So I, I understand I that
0: portion of it, but I do feel you. Like it was weird that her reaction was so like, what? Like it, like, like it was Jameson that was saying it. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly.
1: That's exactly how she reacted. Um And I know that they just got back together. But again, you spent five years with this man. He was prepared to marry you.
0: However Mm -hmm. many
1: years together, they've been apart for five years. He was prepared to marry you then. Like, it really wasn't a question. He always saw you as the mother of his children, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's also very relatable, you know, from a man's perspective. You do kind of reach a point where you like, when he looked at it and said, like, we ain't Twenty one, we ain't eighteen. Like we in our thirties. Like
1: as the older I
0: get, the older Mm -hmm. I get, and obviously, it ain't the worst thing. I ain't gonna trip out like it was if if I was twenty two.
1: Right, ain't no you know what I mean. Trapping situation. Like we're two mature ish adults who love each other. Um, Why wouldn't we? And we know that we both want children. Why wouldn't we take that step? Or right. Or take explored. measures to take that step. So I was actually, I was devastated for Camille that uh, her egg situation wasn't quite right.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I was about to get into as far as just that. I like that they highlighted that whole thing because, you know, that is a real and sometimes uphill battle, you know, mm-hmm. reproducing and starting a family, those conversations. And mm-hmm. I think you kind of raised to think that it's as easy as you know, we're going to have some sex, we're going to have some babies. And it's really yeah. not that yeah. everybody's, you know, everybody's body is different. You know, what they develop is different and you never know until you know. And that's a big thing, too. You have a, you have an idea of, you know, it's almost like a, a certainty. You know, you yeah. don't really think that it won't happen to you, but it's something that people struggle with and I'm glad that they took the time to highlight the, the effects of it, um, Camille's response to it, just that you know that guilty feeling also like she she said it like i cost him the wedding 68 grand now i'm got to tell him i can't have kids or possibly can't have kids like that's you know no woman should have to carry that weight because it's not their fault Like you know what right. i mean right and, but it's also realistic for anything like that to happen and you just take blame for it so mm-hmm. that just the, just the back and forth of that I, I appreciate them going down that path i like to see where they They take it even further. Also, even on Ty's end, we're not thinking about a family and then all of a sudden realizing that's on the table. So it goes both ways.
1: It goes both ways. And to be honest, fully transparent, it made me want to holler at my doctor. I got some uh, appointments. Like, Let me see. Maybe I need to see what my uh, egg reserve look like. Because, again, we ain't no spring chickens. So
0: I don't know. Um, Those are real things. I mean, we just at that age. Well, you got to ask yourself that. Like, hmm, am I going to have a family or not?
1: Or not. You know, am I just going to be the rich fine auntie forever? (laughs) 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 Maybe I can be our godmother, you know, whatever. But um, it, it was very real. And I like, I guess we can shoot into Ty because I like that she's considering it, especially after having such a horrible time with her homegirls.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because... Well, before I get into that, let me ask you one quick question um, before uh-huh. we go fully into Ty. If you are Camille, and you just yeah. get back with Ian, and now you just took on $68,000 worth of debt,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how do you feel about that? You feeling, you feeling responsible, so you just sticking there? Because I am part of the reason his debt's here?
1: No, I love it. I love him. Where am I I'm supposed to leave because you got this?
0: No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, is there more to the conversation? You, you trying to fight it? Like,
1: um,
0: <laughs> I mean, to I know what he
1: port, like he has to fight it, you know? I'll be supportive of you. We can't just let it linger. Now you've been served. You're legally obligated to address this now that you have it. So I have to I support it. you in this.
0: I, I love that she did support him and just kind of was like, it's going to be okay. Because, you know, it's, that could you're, go
1: on. You a fry motherfucker.
0: That's real. Yeah, You ain't got no say in the matter for real.
1: Yeah, it's nothing she could do other than show up for him. And whatever way she can, but shit, Camilla's broke as fuck. Remember, she ain't got no money. She can't help financially. <laughs> she you know, barely got a job.
0: Yeah, she know they they kids' names because that's how much she called into the financial aid office.
1: Come on, deferment
0: hmm. what? <laughs> the loan office, whatever it was, I can't remember. But oh. um, you mentioned Ty. Yeah, Ty is observing a relationship, and man. I mentioned, I think, on our preview episode or one of them, like just as far as like from a relationship aspect, like Ty is very um, familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, when Ty said the line, um, "The problem isn't meeting women; it's how to act after we meet." Like, yeah. You know those next steps that opening up, that really like building life, and I think they, even though Ty was bored to death watching, you know, her friends she realized that she had that glance and that smile when she was getting to the hotel, like, yo, this is really mm-hmm. what sharing a life is about. It's kind of, it's not what you imagine. And the kind, you know, game, it might be game nights and, yeah. you know, reheated soup and shit like that. But at the same time, it's beautiful when you can get to that space, that intimacy.
1: Exactly that. Exactly that. You want to be able to share your life, the most mundane of things with somebody. Um, and I think that that's the first time because the rest of the homegirls the Harlem hussies, you know. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> Harlem skills.
1: Harlem skills. Their <laughs> lives, all of their love lives are a mess. So even though Ty was the most relationship averse, she could feel comfortable because did none of them have a shit together like that, even though Camille's in all them years the way that I understand and interpret, interpreted season one is that Ty really didn't come into her own until that nigga was damn near gone. You know what I'm saying? So you've had five years to adjust, to chop your hair off and to figure yourself out because before she still was with the other company. You know, she might have been, she had a girlfriend that she wouldn't move into because she was moving with because she was still very married, but she wasn't the tie that we see, you know, mm-hmm. she has gone into her Harlem skills.
0: <laughs>
1: so, uh, yeah.
0: Speaking of the tie that we see, Ty be talking to people crazy.
1: Ty is very rude.
0: Um, I feel like Ty's never been punched in the face.
1: Yeah. I think it's because she's so tall that people may give her an extra level of grace because mm-hmm. they don't know what she's working with. But yeah, I don't think that you've ever been in a fight because she
0: talking to people crazy. Speaking she of which, shout, shout, shout out to Rachel True. Just want to shout her out. Oh yes. Um, in the plant shop, you know. Good to see her just pop up every now mm-hmm. and then. Mm-hmm. Um, was half a half? Was that half and a half?
1: Yeah. Half and half, yeah. the craft.
0: <laughs> Super random, but I was um. This just sounds old. I was listening to the radio on the way to work the other day, and why they had the radio on, I don't know. But somebody didn't know who Essence Atkins was. Essence Atkins, should I say? And um, it just zoned me out. Really? Was, yeah, we're speaking of half and half, and Rachel I True, think... Essence Atkins. Some people out here listening might be like, "What are you talking about? Who are these people? Who what the is happening?" Right. That just lets us know how young you are. Generation um, but yeah, either way It just made me feel away way Because I'm like, man, how do you know Essence Atkins She was on the
1: show I saw the other day I was like, god damn, she really has been in the business For forever
0: Yeah, absolutely But either way, I digress
1: Yeah I think So Ty says always Sex only, no strings attached But she wants the cuddly stuff. I still stand by what I said last week. Is that Ty is going to end up catching feelings for Zoey?
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I don't see it right now, but I think the reason I don't see it is because she's so tied up with this Brandon situation. Yeah, I'm trying to get that caught up. Like obviously, these for these last two episodes, we didn't see any kind of, you know, women or relationship style with Ty, unless it was with the arbitration of Brandon. So. Mm-hmm. I did see that episode five is titled Pride, Yeah, so I think that's going to be when we saw the preview for the Pride Parade and stuff like that, so I think that we're going to get more um, of an insight into what Ty's been up to on the relationship front and how that's working out, because I, I can see it, because they are setting it up, her her observing a domestic couple, yeah. maybe I can do that, now I'm thinking about a family, okay, the, the wheels are turning, Or maybe she realizes that she doesn't want somebody like Zoe and she needs to change her whole shit in order to attract that. Real
1: shit. What do you think of Brandon wanting half?
0: I think that Brandon is I I really we discussed it, but huh? Hurt. Yeah, I think that I can't be mad because. Ty should have just talked to him, and then none of this would be happening. But I think Mm -hmm. she—he played her like, not only from, you think I'm just some money hungry nigga that's coming back to take your bread, but like you left me, you abandoned me, like you just up and bounced, nothing, no note, no nothing, just like I'm hurt, I'm still salty, and it doesn't seem like they've had those conversations or even talked about it. We haven't seen it on screen, mm -hmm. and we haven't heard anything like a side comment about them having it, so. There's a lot to discuss there, and I think he reached the point where, I well now it went from hurt to fuck you,
1: to resentment.
0: Mm -hmm. And I want fifty percent. Yeah, I'm gonna be petty.
1: With him coming from Georgia, wherever wherever they were in Georgia, but um, from with him coming from Georgia to be her emergency contact, I think that he genuinely thought that they would have an opportunity to opportunity to truly talk mm-hmm. and to have things out because it's not like he want her you know what i'm saying like right not still holding a candle for you but damn my nigga it's been 10 years i want to make sure that you're okay like let me put my eyes on you why haven't you changed this you left but why didn't you actually file for divorce um or did i there were just, I really believe that he felt like there were conversations that they could have and should 100%, 100%. have had. and in 100%. that moment, this is our chance and you're meeting me with anger, well, motherfucker, I literally just saved your life
0: yeah, absolutely he definitely thought that was going to be the case like, he, he felt that, more than likely he felt that I was owed to him more than anything,
1: yeah. yeah, you owe
0: me a conversation at the very least, I don't even want nothing else She owe me a conversation. Human to human. Husband to wife.
1: (laughs) Come on. Covenant. You know what I mean?
0: Like, how you been moving these past 10 years? Like, what the, like...
1: And quiet as it's kept, I saw um, I saw a tweet that kind of put this in my mind, but this man was saying that if you cheat on your spouse, like, he won't do business with you. Because if you cheat the person that you're bound to, quote unquote, what the fuck would you do to me? But the way that she did, Brandon, makes me wonder if she has like questionable business ethics on top of the way that she treats people. Ty is fried.
0: She is. I know we talked about Angie, like, how she don't fit in, but, like, I don't understand how they ended up being friends with
1: Ty. Yeah. I, I get it in some degree, oh. but,
0: you know, we went through her character profile, you know, in depth in the previous episode, but mm-hmm. Ty really is not a good human being. Yeah. He's, <laughs> like, when it comes oh, down to it.
1: You mad um, questionable,
0: homegirl. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I can't remember if it was on... Harlem or we've been recording so much I can't remember where I said it but I was just talking about how friends don't surprise me right yeah um, yeah uh, when I was talking about Nate <laughs> and the other thing about that is you, you you also know your friends by what said to you mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying what I mean is if somebody told me something about you Rachel yeah like somebody like, yo Rachel did this this and this I would know right away this is true or this is false you get what I'm saying? Like I know Rachel well enough to know, like, all right, that's some Rachel shit. She definitely did that fried shit, or be like, nah, that's not Rachel at all. Why are you lying on her? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And I think that Ty is one
1: of the... <laughs> Please no, I'll be doing some fried shit. <laughs>
0: definitely be doing some fried shit. That's why I. That's why I laughed at, at it. I'm like, all right, man, I can see it. But Ty is the one where I feel like you can say the most awful things to Camille, Quinn, and Angie. And they wouldn't yeah. be like, uh, they probably be like, ah, that sounds like some Thai shit. Like, she don't, she be talking about how she fucked the waitress on a date.
1: Yeah, like she's unhinged, Ty
0: Yeah, like Ty, like, like I said, she, you can tell she's never been punched in the mouth. Like, yeah. You don't treat people like that. She's never really heard, she's probably never really worked in any kind of service where she no. had to tend, on, tend to people, like wait yeah. on people, like be talked to a certain way. Like just you don't do that when you're that way, like I, I don't know, man. Ty all over the place, but
1: she's crazy. Um,
0: the last thing that I had written down with Ty is really just her health and the mm-hmm. importance of a for one importance of making sure that you know if you have insurance, make sure you have a doctor, you know, uh, make sure that you have a dentist, anything that you have. You know, I know you know if you're a woman, your, your lady parts. Um, every everything, whatever you need, cardiologist, you know your eye doctor, everything. It's just really important, especially if you are um, an '80s baby. <laughs> um, we yeah. are getting older. You know, we're not old, but we are getting older. Um, yeah. It is really important. we're creeping up on some important things health wise. So I think that's just really important for general. And if you can, it's always good to have somebody who has the same melanin. Because yeah. they might take a little bit of extra care. Now, listen, all all skin folk and your kin folk. Factual. Wow, that's a fact. I just want to say that, Factual. but I do love the fact that they highlighted, especially after seeing in season one when she went to that low budget hospital. Yeah, and
1: then she
0: actually, and then she actually passes out and has the surgery. Yeah, uh, where she's dealing with those two different hospitals, and neither one of them mentioned any other option.
1: Any other option? Yep, and that just gets you know how these. Healthcare system try to do black people black women especially anyway yeah. but uh yeah all my service providers except for my hematologist uh are black women because maybe the iron is deficient over here
0: but yeah just the yeah. options man because it's almost like she was that's a life-altering decision
1: Absolutely, and just the
0: fact that somebody can tell you she didn't guarantee, she didn't promise. But look, like that's a little extreme. Maybe there are some options that could work for you. At least I'm gonna work with you until I have to tell you, and that builds trust. Because if yeah. I do have to come to you and tell you, like, yo, this is the only option is to get this hysterectomy, exactly. then at least, at least Ty will trust that and be like, okay,
1: exactly. exactly. Don't just tell
0: me off rip, that's what it is. Like, nah, what you talking about?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's just important. I just I just like that aspect. Like I said, just making sure you're on top of your health and healthcare system is set up. It ain't set up the same for everybody. Like yeah. Rachel just said. We'll just put it like that. And you know, just make sure you're taking care of yourself. Do you have anything else with Ty?
1: Um, I didn't. I'm excited to see her journey. Uh, I wonder if she will actually freeze these eggs. Um mm-hmm but it's just so crazy. You have such a high reserve and such a crazy fibroid story, but everybody's situation is different, you know? Um,
0: It was also an interesting conversation with uh, her cousin.
1: mm -hmm.
0: Um, Just because, and, you know, just their interesting family dynamic, them talking about their grandma and when she was, um, you know, relatable to them and um, I think the cousin, I think it was her name, Jackie? Yeah. Um, Jackie okay. mentioning, you know, just having a trans-inclusive, not trans, but a um, trans LGBTQ-inclusive family. Like, even if even for a Black family alone, that's enough for it. Like, just right. we're pushing that conversation, you know. And l- listen, these shows, um, I don't like speaking on things that I'm not well-versed in. You know, I'm not a part of the community and don't want to over or, you know, overstep yeah. or anything like that but i do appreciate representation and the Absolutely. fact that that is a conversation i'm sure that's being had and it's Absolutely. obviously for a reason
1: and, so, uh people like to say that this is something quote-unquote new but ain't nothing new under the sun <laughs> them grannies yeah. are pumping cats too so
0: all <laughs> oh, this shit been remixed
1: yeah that's it that's it so shout out to um Inclusive inclusivity, be
0: mm-hmm.
1: in yourself. That's all.
0: Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. We are, uh, we got y'all in the culture guard. We are hundred percent with it. That's 100% it. Hundred percent with it. You know what I mean? Be yourself. It. Enjoy yourself. Live your life.
1: Live your life. When? My girl is down bad, man.
0: Man, I, I don't like know.
1: That Ten times last week. Quinn. I don't know if I've ever worser to the worser
0: <laughs> um and I'm being real when I say this
1: uh-huh
0: I can't think of a character like a television, fictional character that I've like wanted to like I wish I could run into her on in the street and just give her a hug and oh. kind of tell her it's gonna be okay <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean these are fictional characters I, I I'm very aware of that but like Quinn is just like I really want her to be doing well and she is all hitting her at once.
1: She is struggling on all fronts, mm-hmm. career wise. She blew the Vogue interview that Mira happily, luckily, didn't cancel. But then, this is how you show up on some other shit. Rick, shout out to Rick Fox as her father. Um, you and shout your brother,
0: uh, Carolina Tar Heel. Tar Heel legend, you know anybody knows me and you know I'm a big Carolina basketball fan. Even though they do need to ask what for them accents, um, but shout out to Rick Fox.
1: Yo, because now I got to stop and talk about him.
0: Did he not have an accent the first few scenes and then out, automatically and then out of the it way just way? showed up? I'm not tripping, right?
1: No. Okay. No, it just show, it came in and out when he wanted it to. It was very bizarre, um, and I know that a lot of people with accents go in and out. But usually when they're talking to each other, they stay in it. Only when they divert to somebody who may not understand be able to pick it up, do they go back to basic <laughs> English? I don't know. American English? I don't know. But that shit was crazy. I wish that they did not add that. But I wonder if Grace Byers is uh, of Caribbean descent. But I hate that they, oh my God, yeah. that is awful. I said it before, Jasmine Guy didn't have to do the Whitley voice. She could have just had her own voice, you know? I do not like that accent. That's probably the worst thing.
0: Easily, like they, saying. like but, that. that's some Tubi shit. That was some Tubi shit. Like, yeah. come on y'all, y'all need y'all ass with for this.
1: It took away from the power of the scenes that they were having, because Mm -hmm. having a real last moment with your black mother who does not understand you and may not mean to be fucking you up, but it's fucking you up, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it it took away from what we could have gotten from that, because now I'm distracted, because what are you talking about? (laughs) What is this accent?
0: Yeah, and then I guess just let's get into the actual meat of it. But I am happy that they had that conversation.
1: Yeah, long overdue.
0: Yeah, long overdue. And parent-child relationships are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, tricky, to say the least. Yeah, Um, and and
1: I know I caused fights between my parents because me and my daddy was road dogs. (laughs) <laughs> throughout life and I was a mess
0: <laughs> that's how it is I know it has to be like that sometimes mm-hmm.
1: yeah,
0: you know you're awesome. the friend she's uh, you know Quinn's mom say oh you're the cool friend like
1: right exactly Exactly. that's how me and my parents were exactly how we were signs
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a tricky thing and it's a balance and you don't really know that relationship until you Give it time, and you don't know what the boundaries are, mm-hmm. Um, especially when it's a space where you have to accept the fact that you've grown. You know, no matter how old you, how, no matter how old you get, you are always gonna be your kids, let me your parents' yeah. babies.
1: Yeah. But at the
0: same time, there should be a level of respect. You see it with Angie, in mm-hmm. her family, and her mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you my mom, but you also understand the fact that I'm grown.
1: And I'm grown, exactly. You know what
0: I mean. And you know how you raised me. Mm-hmm. And you know that I'm a good person and you know that I'm out here going to do my best. But at the same time, I might be I might be teaching your grandkids how to cuss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't change anything with the dynamics of the relationship. But uh, I don't think any of that was ever present with Quinn and her mother. I don't think there was ever that level of comfort. Well,
1: I think on the mother's side, but not Quinn's side, because remember in the flashback in, episode, in season one, She was coming to have lunch with her daughter when she felt like she was successful. You know, she was bragging on her, very happy. We saw a very different character than the mother that we saw in all the subsequent episodes, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And people don't talk about it, but the reality is, justified and justifiable or not, when you disappoint your parents, even as an adult, like they be mad as fuck at you. You know, so especially
0: if they providing for you as well, on top of that.
1: if they provided for you, ooh, don't I know it. <laughs> don't yeah. I fucking know it? But um
0: yeah. they really they're trying to find a way to coexist. And you know, when, when Quinn's mom said, you know, you shut me out of your life and you get angry at me because I know nothing.
1: Mhm, that was real.
0: That's Guilty, a bar. Guilty, a like buy. straight up, like
1: that goes for all types of relationships.
0: Mhm, absolutely. Ooh. And she, I felt her so when she said, "You think I'd, you think I'd have invited Michael if I knew that you were with Isabella?" Like, right? Like, I don't know nothing. Like, I'm just trying to help in the way I know how to help. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they're just trying to coexist. And um, Michael, man, um, looking crazy on the block with that haircut.
1: What the fuck is that hair?
0: Looking crazy on the block. And I'm like, man, who is dude? Like, why does he look so familiar? I feel like I've seen him before. And then I looked him up. It's Luke Forbes, is his name. That's the actor's name. But I recognize him from season one of Atlanta in the jail scene. If you know, okay. you, either you know what I'm talking about or you don't. But if you watch Atlanta, He's- huh?
1: The woman he was the one
0: talking to his girlfriend in jail,
1: okay,
0: and okay. the whole men's jail. But he's talking to his girlfriend, like, to his girlfriend.
1: Uh-huh. either you know what I'm
0: talking about or you don't. If not, watch season one of Atlanta. Um, I think it's episode two. Don't ask me why I know that I'm weird like that. When it comes, I, to love,
1: that. I love that you know that. I love yeah,
0: that, you know was, that, yeah, I'm weird like that when it comes to television. And it's definitely season one, episode two of Atlanta, like anybody can fact check that
1: like that he wasn't pressed for Quinn either, regardless yeah. of the setup. I like that he was equally as put off, like our mothers are ridiculous mm-hmm. Um, and I like that he liked Angie
0: I, I'm you?
1: intrigued by that that's the first yeah. interesting looking situation, other than that fucking hair that looks good
0: yeah, he gave and me weird old vibes, but I don't know if it's because of the hair, because he's he seen the, the, the scene where they're stealing the liquor ended up being simple syrup. Like that was a cool scene. Like all right, cool. Like you were, uh, yeah. you got a little something to you. But like I said, that hair just you, bro. You look crazy on the block.
1: You look absolutely nuts, absolutely nuts. Um, um I like that though. I like. I that. Am, Angie's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. I am curious to see how where that goes. I don't. I don't see a scenario where Quinn feels a way about it. She she doesn't know that they're together, but I don't think they she feels a way. Um, but yeah, Quinn, she's going through depression and she blaming herself and she's telling herself that she's not enough and she's trying to figure out what the point of everything is, and it's just rough to see her. I mean, she when, if you skipping out of your parents' vow renewals and you in the tub and you dress dressed just crying and crying and crying, um, and then you realize from the 73 questions which sidebar. You want to talk about like just going down a rabbit hole? Like, let me go on my YouTube and turn on seventy three questions. Like, I'll look up and it's been two hours. That and I think Vanity Fair does the house tours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That Vanity Fair that does that. Like those yeah. two things right there. Like, I will be on YouTube for hours at a time just because I find them that intriguing. But you know, when they're asking questions about what makes you happy on a scale of one to ten, how happy are you? She she's reached a point where she physically cannot hide it anymore. That's like, it. She, She's going
1: through it. That is such a real thing, though. Um, And again, I guess I'll just be honest. Like I experienced that myself. Like, why aren't you happier?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: She could not think of three things in her life that make her happy. That is very sad because on the surface, again, Quinn is a beautiful girl. She has she's an heiress so you have money even though it's mostly from your parents because the shop doesn't necessarily do that well that often um you have friends that genuinely love you and it's not enough because the desire for partnership is so deep. You know, are you that love starved? I said that last week, but yeah, because you don't really feel loved by your mom, even though you you and your dad are rollies and you ain't got no man or woman and you can't figure out why wh- why am I so clingy? You know, she can't figure shit out.
0: Right. Yeah, she's internalizing it and she's blaming herself, like I said, and it's a uh... That can be a real slippery slope and it's it's leading to depression, like straight up full-on depression.
1: Full on. My girl couldn't get out that damn bed in that beautiful ass dress. That is scary. And I hope I want Angie to come find her, but I don't want her to bring Michael with her. Like I hope she don't bring Michael to the house, you know, and then they run a both.
0: Like
1: I hope. I don't wanna see that because that would be too embarrassing and sad. Like Queen cannot take any more embarrassment. Like we can't embarrass yeah. her no more this season.
0: Even Quinn needs if a win.
1: She needs a win.
0: <laughs> you know what that a just rem- you know what that just reminded me of, right? What? That reminded me of season one of Insecure with Jadena and Molly.
1: <laughs> it's like you need what do he say? It's like you needed a win. Yeah, he,
0: Could like, you right now. He, he was our boyfriend. Yeah, he looked like you. You seem like you just needed a win. That's,
1: <laughs> That's exactly. Insecure is not syndicated on,
0: uh, on,
1: but um, fuck, Quinn needs a win, but yeah, she has to.
0: Understanding as well too, because yeah. one of the, the I think one of the telling lines that she said in that seventy three questions was. I wanted this so much. I wanted this so badly and now I don't even know why. So she really, like, she needs to go on a journey. Like, she needs to kind of refocus and recenter because one of the things that um, I think is interesting, um, I talked about on the Malcolm and Marie episode on Culture Garden, just how much just psychology and stuff like that interests me, is when you are an heiress Mm
1: -hmm. and you
0: don't have that most of the people who don't have money Mm -hmm. are trying to figure out a way to get more money Yeah, because they feel like money is going to solve some of the problems that they have. So when you have money and you still having these problems, you know, no different than anybody that says like when you have it, all right, so now you got the money, now you get it. Mm -hmm. Now what are you going to do with it? It's no different than an athlete when they, when they reach the highest point of sports, they, they win a championship and they get there and it's like, Oh snap, that's it. Like that's the feeling. Now Mm -hmm. what?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And I look at that with Quinn, like what is her, I've got what most people want Yep. uh, from a materialistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything that I need from um, an internal, spiritual, emotional standpoint. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how she finds that. I don't know what that, I don't know what that balance is. And I really hope she does. And I know they better in these four episodes get us there. Like, I don't want this season to conclude and us having to wait like another year and a half to trying to figure out what's going on with Quinn. Yeah. But I really hope this season ends with her finding love or finding somebody that can Self-love. really appreciate her. Self-love yeah. is most important. Absolutely. She has to find her own work and I hope they take it down there. Like let's get away from these yep. relationships and these partners yep. and make sure she takes care of herself first. Um, and I, like I said, I, I'm really shocked that other than Camille, they haven't pushed therapy on really any of these characters. Like I, I want to see some therapy sessions because it's necessary.
1: Get those girls on the couch
0: stacked.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't even want to see Quinn try to date anybody else. I really want her to focus on herself. And try to figure out what is actually making her happy. It's not these random business ventures, although clothes and designing seems to be what she's most passionate about, but she's got to figure out herself from the inside. Like what makes you happy? What makes your heart smile? Um, what will make you feel good, you know? Because that helps with relationships too knowing mm-hmm. and yourself you know that glow that should come from the inside so maybe all of your insecurities and desperation are radiating off of you and it's a deterrent for people because they see stage one clinger you know
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely Shout out to Wedding Crashers, man. Yeah, there, um,
1: yeah, there, no, I couldn't think of what a, uh, what the reference was.
0: Yeah, that's was, that was a Wedding Crashers. Um, Quinn, is, she's she's lived her entire life trying to impress other people.
1: Other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: I, I To go into what you just said, I really hope she spends a lot of time trying to impress herself.
1: That's it. That's it. You don't know what you like.
0: She don't even know what she likes. She just wants to do everything that is going to satisfy her parents and satisfy mm-hmm. um, the social standards. We talked about it with the um, the episode when she was with Sean at that benefit for Isabella. And she's mm-hmm. lying about who he dances for and things like she's huge into how she's perceived. And yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. once she's ever stopped and said, how do I view myself? And How do I want to be? And when am I going to just say fuck what everybody got to think? Like, this is who it is.
1: Absolutely. Be yourself. Be
0: authentic. Like you, always gonna attract the people that's supposed to be around, and whoever yeah. ain't, it ain't. Like, stop trying to impress these strangers. That's it.
1: that's it. But I, I told you, I really have a theory about people who grow up in privilege and don't ever have no real nigga moments. Like
0: our Jack and Jill kid.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. But you better <laughs> be You better teach a man how to squabble. Uh, don't be to a Japanese kid who didn't have to fight your cousins. <laughs>
0: hey, listen. Um, there you go, right there.
1: Uh, you you need that element of grounding, and when you don't, it just yeah, you have success, but it just you are ill prepared for the real world, and that's just really, really, really what I think of Quinn, and I feel bad for her. I too want to hug Quinn. She started off as like one of my favorites, but I just feel badly for her.
0: Mm-hmm. And because she's a good whole, like she, I think out of the group, she's probably the one that you would say is the um, best
1: person.
0: Yeah, like just the best person, most pure-hearted. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially if we just talked about her upbringing. Like usually, people like that are act like Ty.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You Absolutely. know what I mean? So she has a good understanding of um human interaction and relationships, but mm-hmm. like you said, man, we just gotta give her a big group hug.
1: We're gonna have to get a prayer circle around Quinn. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tell her it's gonna be all right.
1: That's it. Don't none of these girls have no praying grandmother. Maybe uh maybe Angie do, but
0: mm. Mm. yeah, Angie definitely do. That's the <laughs> only reason that's the only reason Angie's still standing. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma's prayers, you feel me?
1: That's it. That's it. I'm trying to tell you. You got to keep using
0: it. Angie would have been on that couch in Staten Island if it were for Grandma. Hello.
1: Hello, somebody. But God bless them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um it, it, man, I I can't say it enough, and I don't want to harbor on this, but I really hate the fact that we are missing two episodes. Yeah now said. you've got these stories going on. I just don't want them to suffer because you're trying to condense the story. Exactly. So hopefully, hopefully they can figure it out in the next two. Because obviously we didn't get a ton of time. We did in episode four, but not like three. Mm-hmm. Angie was like a big focus on episode three. So it sounds like they're taking turns or seems like it. Yeah. Ian and Camille seem the most stable, which is funny in itself right now. Like that's the most stable thing about the show. And we know that's not gonna last. Right.
1: Um, I'm ready to see Jameson again in a way.
0: Yeah, I'm I think when these next two episodes drop, I think we we get that Ian Jameson conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it's about. It seems like from the previews, Jameson pull, or excuse me, Ian pulled up on him. Yeah, and set up this meeting. We're not sure what's what, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah i I'm, I'm very interested, man. I'm very interested. This is um It's been enjoyable. It's been enjoyable to check out. And, you know, it's really just different from some other shows because there's no, there's not too many in standalone moments, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not like we get a ton of male perspective. Um, Usually it's with the um, presence of Camille or one of the friends and things like that. So just watching these four women, you know, navigate life in Harlem. It's been it's been fun and interesting.
1: I would like to see Ian and his friends. I would like to hear Ian's friends' perspective of he and Camille reconnecting and all of the shit. I would love to get that moment.
0: Yeah, me too. And I purposely like—I think we both have purposely not tried to make any comparisons to like insecure and run the world mm-hmm. um, because of that. I know a lot of people. I guess it's just human nature to take something that seems similar but that is one one thing about those two shows um even even run the world it was on a very small level but we did have a couple scenes where you get um you know some of those males with their friends and their Mm -hmm. friend group and trying to figure things out obviously insecure was heavy on that got a whole Lawrence hive because of it because so uh, it would be nice to see who ian Haines with and get a little bit more about him but Ian's we cool. might get it. Who knows? Who knows? You know, it gets <laughs> Angie's family, so maybe they'll give us a little bit exactly. more about I that. I would
1: love to see it. I would love to see that because Ian is from Harlem. I want to see some Harlem mass niggas in there, fitted, really? swaggy like Harlem niggas are. You know, I want to see that. I shit. I want to see a
0: pink coat. You feel That's me in a flip it. phone. <laughs> Shout out to Kim. Yeah, man. Uh,
1: I'm uh,
0: excited.
1: I'm, I'm ready excited. Five and six.
0: They coming. They coming fast. They coming fast. So, um, you got anything else, Rachel? I don't. All right. I think we got enough for this one. Um, Hopefully, hopefully everyone out there, you enjoy listening to us break down these past two episodes, episodes three and four of Harlem. Uh, We will be back next week with episodes five and six to discuss what's going on, any kind of updates, see if we guess anything right. Hopefully, Quinn's, you know, getting her life right at that point. Your Honor. We've got another episode that we'll be recording here soon. So we'll be dropping that in the next couple of days. Um Given that we're recording this earlier, we're recording this Harlem episode earlier than we normally would. So it's going to be out earlier. Um, You can still expect your honor to be out late Monday night, Tuesday morning type of deal. Uh, so like always, man, we just Rachel, myself, um, shout out to school. Man, we just love doing this. And we love the fact that you guys are tuned in with us and, Look forward to hearing us every week talk about nonsense.
1: Thank y'all for listening to us run our damn miles for an hour plus every week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Every few days lately. (laughs) Yeah, but I say multiple times. So thank you. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Y'all be cool. How y'all be cool? Peace out. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.